Hello, my name is Gary. And my name is Simon. And this is episode 9 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On our podcast today, something a little bit different. We'll be starting a brand new series of episodes. Over the next few weeks, we'll take time to focus on one electric vehicle per episode. We'll talk about the history of the car, the specs, the price, performance, etc. We'll also talk about the pros and cons of each car and who we think the target audience is for that particular vehicle. But, Simon, before we get started, I want to ask you, did you see the latest update on the GridServe charging hub rollout? The first location has been revealed. The Braintree Electric Forecourt will be located adjacent to Horizon 120, just south of Braintree itself. The Forecourt will have dedicated zones for private and fleet vehicles, such as taxis, buses, vans and lorries, and it will offer sub-30 minute charging times. It will also feature a range of facilities, including a coffee shop, convenience store, an airport-style lounge with high-speed internet, which will also serve as an education centre and hub to explore a broad range of EV solutions. Now, we've said it before, but this is the way forward for charging in the UK. Lots of co-located chargers ready for whoever needs it. Nice facilities, close to the chargers, which is where they're going to make the money, you know, selling the coffee, the convenience stores, etc. Indeed, very exciting stuff this. We have talked a lot about this as well to GridServe themselves, and it's definitely the way forward for charging across the country. I want to see more companies like this coming in and changing the look of forecourts and charging in general. From discussions, their rollout is going to be very aggressive and will be interesting to see how um, other motorway service providers react or um, don't, as the case may be. It's yes, um, it is. I think that's exactly the phrase. It's interesting times. So watch this space and we'll see how things develop. Now on to our feature topic. Imagine you haven't bought your new EV. You're still looking at at buying, but you've made your mind up that an EV will be your next car. So how do you decide which to buy? Well, each choice is different and obviously personal. But what we want to do over the next few weeks is to look at the major EVs currently for sale on the market or potentially incoming in the next few months and talk about each one individually. At the end of this series, we'll compare them all in a review where we identify the market segments that each of these EVs currently fill, and more importantly, where these gaps still exist. This week, we're talking about the BMW i3. Now, I'm going to let Simon wax lyrical about the i3 for a couple of moments, but not too long. So I'll be the first to say how much I love my i3. I've owned it for just over a year and never owned an electric car before, but it's an amazing car. The reason I purchased, however, was after multiple test drives of other cars, and this was the one that really suited me, so lifestyle, range, size. I tried other cars like Leafs and Ionics, and they didn't quite suit me at the time, but the i3 was. Now, whilst I love the car, it does have its uh, quirks, shall we say. Those doors, for instance, amazing and cool, and well, completely impractical, but I still love the car. Well, we'll definitely come back to some of the uh, the quirks and, and flaws later on, as we will with all the vehicles that we talk about. But let's start by looking in detail at this car. The BMW i3 is BMW's first electric vehicle in uh, in mass production. They've done a number of prototypes prior to that, but the i3 was the first one that they put into mass production. The i8 was launched around the same time, but that's a hybrid with a petrol engine stuck inside it. So we're not going to talk too much about that. The early model i3s started life as a 22 kilowatt hour model with the range extender option and a large number of the early models were sold were sold with the Rex. It had a range of 
around 80 to 100 miles real world before the Rex cut in. The Rex, the range extender, is a two-stroke petrol engine which uh, recharged the battery. It didn't actually drive the wheels, so we can't actually count it as a hybrid. More recently, the i3 was upgraded to a 42.2 kilowatt hour vehicle with a usable amount of 37.9 kilowatt hours. BMW used the slightly archaic naming convention of uh, 120 amp hours and hopefully we'll go over that in a short while and understand why that is. Yeah, the looks of the i3 are a little marmite. You either love it or hate it. The body shell is made of composite materials, a carbon fibre chassis and 90 plus percent of it's completely recyclable. It's built in the Leipzig carbon neutral factory powered by wind turbines. One of the outstanding features of this is that you get the suicide doors built into the side. These are rear opening back doors that swing wide to reveal a completely unobstructed way into the car. Very helpful getting in and out most of the time. There are two models currently available, the i3 and the i3s. Although both are very sporty, the i3s has the advantage in pure performance due to a more powerful motor. So let's look at the prices on these. At the moment, there are deals around, but at the moment, the list price on this for the i3 is £31,680 after the plug-in grant, which is, if you're buying this in Europe, it's €41,994. The i3s is £34,170 after the grant, or €45,693 in Europe. There are no lease batteries for this vehicle. Batteries are all purchased outright. The price range is at the higher end for what you get. On the basis of price per maximum range, it works out at £140 per mile. The battery on both the i3 and the i3s is 42.2 kilowatt hour, 37.9 usable. This gives a buffer at either end to maintain battery performance. The battery has a cooling system to help the battery management and prolong the life. This contrasts it with cars like the Nissan Leaf and the VW e-Golf, which do not have active cooling. BMW also refer to the battery as a 94 amp hour battery. However, to keep things simple, let's stick to kilowatt hours. So let's talk about range, which is always the key thing with electric vehicles. There are two range figures associated with electric vehicles, just as there are two consumption figures associated with ICE cars. There's the official range, calculated from a static test on rolling roads under ideal conditions, and this is called the WLTP range. And then there's the real-world range, which comes from actually using the car in everyday real-world situations. For the WLTP range, the i3 is rated at 192 miles, the i3s rated slightly lower at 177 miles. Now bear in mind that these are more accurate than an earlier rating system known as the NEDC, which gave the i3 a range of 223 miles. And as Simon's laughing in the background, we'll get him to say, what's the actual range, Simon? So real world range depends, of course, on time of year, type of driving you're doing. We'll give a number of figures here, city, highway, and combined for both summer weather and winter weather. So actual range for the i3 base model, real range between 100 and 225 miles, city cold weather 145 miles, highway cold weather 100 miles, combined cold weather 120 miles, city mild weather 225 miles, seems very high, 
highway mild weather, 130 miles, and combined mild weather, 170 miles. So let's compare that to the actual range of the i3s. Real range between 100 and 220 miles, so not too much difference. City cold weather, 140 miles. Highway cold weather, 100 miles. Combined cold weather, 120 miles. City mild weather, 220 miles. Again, seems very high. Highway mild weather, 125 miles. And combined mild weather, 165 miles. Now, cold weather is described as worst case based on minus 10 degrees centigrade and use of heating. Mild weather, best case based on 23 degrees centigrade and no use of EAC. Obviously, these figures are variable. Obviously, indeed. Um, obviously. Obviously. Uh, my issue with range is that it's a moving target. I mean, the fact that you've given six different values in the list for each car means it's a little, little difficult to work out how far the car actually goes. One of the other things I like to look at is the efficiency. And this is a measure of how far the, go the car will go on a given amount of power. The measure is what hours per mile or miles per kilowatt hour, depending on which one your car shows. They're uh, inverses of the of each other. It's like in the ICE version, you, you had miles per gallon or you had litres per 100 miles. So it's the same equivalent there. Generally, the lower the figure per mile, the better, and the higher the figure per kilowatt hour, the better. So in terms of the range, if we're looking at 145 mile range, the vehicle consumption would be 260 watt hours per mile real range if you look at the wltp ratings on that they call that 193 miles and they look at 195 watt hours per mile so you know it's it's not bad not bad at all on a real world test it assumes as we've just said they're about 260 watt hours per mile versus 195 watt hours per mile and that's for the i3 if you look at the i3s the figures go down to 270 watt-hours per mile, and on the WLTP, 210 watt-hours per mile. Now, that's actually quite high for a car of this size. The Tesla Model S Standard Range Plus can go quite nicely at 235 watt-hours per mile real-world range. Uh, for a car that's bigger and heavier with a much larger battery, 55 kilowatt-hour, that's pretty impressive. The daddy of all efficient EVs, the Hyundai Ioniq, has a figure of 230 watt-hours per mile. To give you a bit of perspective, if the i3 had the same efficiency as the Ioniq, it would travel 15 miles further on a charge, and that's well over 10%. So let's look at some performance figures, Simon. So now, I know none of us are boy racers, and we're not buying EVs so we can hack around racetracks at great speeds. Although you can do that, an electric car recently shattered the Nuremberg lap uh, record by over 40 seconds. But it's always good to see what the i3 is actually capable of. Performance on the i3 uh, acceleration is 0 to 60 in 7.3 seconds. Uh, put that against the i3s of 0 to 62 miles in 6.9 seconds. Top speed of the i3 is 93 miles an hour, with the top speed of the i3s at 99. Total power, 125 kilowatts against the i3s, which is 135 kilowatts. And uh, total torque of 250 newton meters against uh, 199 
on the i3s now both are rear drive single motors. the other thing i like to check out with evs is the actual setup of the charging itself we talked about the mechanics of charging in last week's episode but here we're going to discuss specifics about the i3 the i3 charges using ccs for dc fast charging it will charge up to 50 kilowatts maximum giving a range of 170 miles of range per hour for charging the charging curve on this vehicle is quite good it takes about 44 kilowatts from 20 percent charge that increases up to 49 50 kilowatts at 85 percent then it will taper very quickly down to 10 or 20 kilowatts after that this means that although technically it can charge at the high power charger units the ionity ones that have been rolled out the speed at which that this car charges will be no greater than using a normal DC rapid charger such as Polar Plus or uh, we've got, I say Ecotricity, but I don't think I've ever found one of those that does anything more than about 39 anyway. So all works, but moving quickly on. For home charging, the i3 uses a standard Type 2 Menikas charger with a maximum onboard charge rate of 11 kilowatts AC. This will give 36 miles of charge for every hour that it's plugged in the chances are you won't get 11 kilowatts of charge speed on a home charger unless your house is wired up for three-phase power but on some of the destination charges out there that are rated at say 22 kilowatts you can pull pull 10 kilowatts to charge your car that's substantially higher than quite a lot of evs on the market today so from equipment point of view that's uh the i3 is well spec but not over the top Obviously, the more you pay, the uh, the more you get uh, with all BMWs. The i3 is a strict four-seater vehicle with no towing capacity. It also officially has no roof rack capacity, although we have seen one with a custom BMW M-Class roof rack at the Kent EV owner's meet, which was really impressive. There's an app which allows you to monitor charge state and precondition the car from the comfort of your warm house. Excellent in winter. That also does navigation. You can send that as well as messages to your car for to pre-planned journeys. Um, obviously, if you pay for the extras, it can have lane assist um, at low speeds for traffic jams, adaptive cruise control, and automatic parking. But again, these are all added extras. And actually, I've not heard of many people that actually use the automatic parking once they've uh, purchased it. There are one or two little design quirks with this vehicle that we've alluded to already, or they mainly relate to the suicide doors setup. The front seat belt is attached to the rear suicide door, which means that the seat belt has to be undone to open the door. However, this isn't a real issue because the door itself doesn't open unless the front door is also open. What's the issue that that gives uh, Simon when you're in a car park? So um, so if you're uh, opening both doors, you can get stuck in what's known as the, the triangle of death, where you've got one door open, the other door open, and two people trying to get out from the back and the front. Trying to get my daughter out, if a car is parked right next to it, again, has issues because of how wide some of the doors come out. But it looks great and it looks cool, but they are very impractical doors. But it does look really cool, I've got to say. I do love the car with the suicide doors open. It's fantastic. The other thing about the i3 that is not necessarily quirky, but just something that surprised me when I first saw it, is that the tyres are they're very, very skinny when compared with the equivalent tyres on similar cars. This apparently helps with the efficiency, but it can make the car a little unsteady at high speed, especially in uh, crosswinds. 
If you're if you go for the wider wheelbase i3s, that does help alleviate some of the unsteadiness. So Simon, I've got down two cars that may be similar to that, say the Nissan Leaf 40 kilowatt hour and the Renault Zoe R110. Would you concur with that? Yeah, I think they're about the same, similar price range and size cars and kind of the same market for as the BMW In summary, the BMW is it's a very ruggedly built car. It's got excellent German heritage. It's probably a little bit expensive for what you get, but you know you've got the BMW brand name behind it. I've yet to speak to an i3 owner who doesn't love their car and think it's the best that they've ever owned. Beware, however, that the i3 is only four seats. If you've got a family of more than four, probably not going to be suitable for you. However, the boot space is quite roomy with the rear seats down. If you're a small family, you want a reliable mid-range vehicle with a cachet of a BMW and the price to match, then the i3 is right for you. If you're a bit of a boy racer and don't mind sacrificing a bit of range for some uh, quite impressive performance, then get the i3s. Although the i3 by itself is one of the better performing electric vehicles, full stop. So, let's wrap up by seeing if there's some cool EV or renewable thing you've come across that we can share with our listeners. Here's mine. You kind of knew where this was going, but um, I got to uh, go out for a uh, drive in a Model 3. Yes, I know to our USA friends, they'll say, we've had them for ages, but this is a right-hand drive UK Model 3. And it was amazing. Uh, I'm still grinning from uh, from being in the car. I'm officially selling my i3 and a kidney to get one if I can. <laughs> but seriously, the the minimal design is perfect. And from going from an i3 to a Tesla with minimal inside seems a perfect fit. Now, we didn't go very far in the drive, but I uh, I did have the Tesla grin, as did other people in the car. It, was, it hasn't changed my opinion on the, on the Model 3. I still love the look, the size how it drives it's just a fantastic car so uh yeah i, I had a had a great time and the gentleman that uh let us go out in the uh, in the model 3 was literally 24 hours old um like since he had the car so it was amazing that he uh he let people uh come out in it so uh yeah fantastic if you want to see the uh video we'll put a link to it it's uh i've watched it it's not worth it it's just three guys who are sat there with huge grins on the face and you know uh, but it is worth saying that, you know, up until that particular meet, neither of us had actually seen a right-hand drive Model 3 in the flesh, and two of them turn up, neither of which have been in the country more than 48 hours. Uh, I sat in one, it had 61 miles on the odometer, and most of that was delivery mileage. It was just ridiculous. I also noticed that since I've been thinking about it on, on Sunday, is that how much the build quality is a lot better uh, than what the original, say, Model S and Model X uh, has been. Um, obviously, they've perfected some of the um, factory techniques since uh, the American launch, and hopefully that means that the British launch will get uh, better quality parts and, and fitting of, of, the, uh, of the Model 3. So overall, absolutely fantastic car. My cool thing is an electric aircraft. It's called the Alice and it comes from Eviation, which is an Israeli-based firm. It has a capacity of nine passengers and it will fly up to 650 miles with a 45-minute reserve at 10,000 feet. The thing I like about this plane is that it can very easily take over some of the smaller feeder routes that are currently being serviced by small jets or turboprop planes. Currently, there are... I couldn't believe this when I found out. There are two billion with a B, 2 billion air tickets sold each year 
for flights of under 500 miles. So the business potential for small electric passenger aircraft is clear. At the moment, a lot of flights of this length are carried out by planes such as a Cessna caravan. On a 100-mile flight, a caravan will use around $100 worth of aviation fuel. The equivalent charge for Alice would be between $8 and $12. So the, sig the savings are significant. There are, of course, a huge number of regulatory obstacles to overcome with planes such as these. But if you put it in context and look at some of the routes a plane like this could run, you see it makes sense. I tweeted out from the EV Musings account this week the following flight distances for well-known routes. If we were looking um, at London flights, London-Edinburgh, 332 miles. London-Aberdeen, 400. To Dublin, 288. London-Frankfurt, 400. London-Berlin, 580 miles. In Europe, Frankfurt-Amsterdam, 228. Frankfurt-Budapest, 521. Frankfurt-Venice, 359. Let's go across the... Uh, the pond to the states los angeles la san francisco 347 las vegas 270 miles salt lake city 580 miles this has huge potential if they can overcome the regulatory hurdles that are in its place aviation has already received uh, its first orders the u.s regional airline cape air which operates a fleet of 90 aircraft has agreed to buy a double-digit number of the planes. So, uh, fingers crossed that that takes off, if you'll excuse the pun. It's pretty impressive. You think the environmental damage that um, that's going to be taken out and reduced by uh, flying planes like that. It's pretty impressive. And that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact us, Simon is at... The EV Side on Twitter and YouTube. And I'm the Real Gary C on Twitter. This podcast itself also has a Twitter feed, at MusingsEV, and we regularly tweet out interesting articles in the EV space. If you're wanting a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it makes us feel loved and helps us know we're not just shouting into the void here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.